Amen. Good, good morning. My name is Dave. I'm a leader here at Redemption Tucson, a pastor, and um, it's great to see you all here this morning and to, uh, to get to celebrate with you. If, uh, if you're new, um, this is a very different service than we normally have, and so I want to just give you a, a heads up on that on the front end of things, and um, also if you're just Coming in, please don't be shy. Just find a seat. If you're somewhere on an aisle and there's room, like, closer in, please move closer in. Just make some space. And, um, again, we've got a lot going on, a lot to celebrate this morning. As I said, my name's Dave. And while I'm not going to be preaching a traditional sermon this morning, um, I do want to give you a heads up because I'll be talking um, as I have been. But um, I have a stutter, and it'll kind of come in and out as I go, and just want to give you a, a, a heads up on that on the front end. And um, also, if you're new um, or you have anything to communicate to the staff or the pastors or the, just the church in general, prayer requests or things, if you want to be connected or anything that's said you want more information about, please fill out a Connect card there in the giving boxes and also at the Connect desk. I want to give a little shout out to Jake Reyes, who built all our new stuff in there, and... It's um, really cool and just some great stuff. Jake uh, did an All of Life interview and just shared about how he uses his gifts to glorify God and love his neighbor. Um, so there's those things. Also, again, this morning we're not going to be walking through a traditional, like a, a sermon, as we typically do. We typically walk through a book of the book, Bible for the mo most part, and um, we're in the series of Exodus right now. I'll come back to that. But again, this morning, if you haven't heard or just came in, it's our five-year anniversary. And yes, we will cheer a lot and clap, and there's so much. Just what we've just sang, and I've already already been emotional and crying, and I'm sure there's more where that came from. And, um, but again, we're, we're celebrating. We're, we're pausing. One thing I want to recognize, we talk about, we typically walk through books of the Bible, is that we, I just was thinking about this, and I don't know if I even caught all of them, but I just thought, you know, since we launched here um, five years ago, what are some of the books of the Bible we've gotten to walk through and kind of sit under and be saturated by the perfect and good and shaping word of God. And from, I'll work our way backwards. So we're in Exodus right now. We just finished up walking through the letter to the Philippians. And before that, we were in Jonah and then Ephesians and Acts and the Psalms and Proverbs and Titus. And then we spent a number of weeks in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus, part of Matthew chapter five through seven, and then we were in Judges and Mark, and we walked through Ruth. And there were some other kind of shorter series here and there. But that's, again, tracing our way back of just even that pausing and recognizing God's goodness to us. Just how we've been not just informed, opening our minds and downloading information, but when we come, that those of us who have been here from the beginning and wherever we've entered in, we've gotten to sit under God's good and shaping word in those different books. And that's significant. And, and so what we're going to do this morning, as I said, is we're pausing. And you'll hear some of this language used where we stop right now where we are and we look back and we consider how that informs where we are right now. And then we look ahead to where we're going and what this means um, next week and month and years to come. How are we shaped by what God has done? Because throughout the scriptures, something that God often calls his people is to remember. 
He, he often, in fact, some of throughout the Old Testament, even where we are in Exodus, we'll see time and time and time again, it's, you have forgotten me. You've forgotten who I am as your God. You've forgotten my works, what I've revealed of myself, and therefore you've forgotten who you are in relationship to me. And then kind of connected to that is often a, a charge of, so you haven't obeyed me. Right? And, and maybe a succinct way of thinking is, is, is God's people forgot his faithfulness. And then our, our, the, the danger is that we would forget God and his faithfulness toward us. And then from there, we would now walk in unfaithfulness as a result of forgetting God and his faithfulness. So let me read something that also is, is it will kind of define where we are in this moment right now. Five-year anniversary from when we launched here at Safford School. And this is six years ago that we actually first met in actually our backyard in a house that we rented right downtown area. And um, so, so where are we right now? Well, in Joshua chapter 4... Um, this is kind of the next. So again, we're in Exodus, and this is what, what happened here is Moses, right, who's leading God's people through the desert for 40 years, are then he kind of hands off the baton to someone that he's raised up, and, and, and Joshua is now going to lead God's people into the land where they can be his people. He will be their God. They can worship him and sacrifice him and live all of life in light of who they are as God's people. And so in that process, picking up here, right as they're entering in, there's a moment like where we find ourselves of pausing and remembering. So I'm going to just read in Joshua chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And um, you can just follow along with me, okay, as I, as I read. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel. And then hear me here. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Okay, and I could, I don't want to get into all the details of the ark and God, God separating the waters and all these things. Let me just summarize it in this. God in the moment is fulfilling his promises from hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years before in these moments, he's revealing his faithfulness. And he's saying, don't forget who I am and what I've done and what I'm doing among you. And as we know, as we follow on, there are times where they will be challenged, tempted to forget. And he says, build these stones. If some of you know the song, I always forget titles of songs, but here I raise my Ebenezer. What's the title of that song? Come Thou Fount. Is that one we just sang? We're going to sing it later. Spoiler alert. Sorry. We take Jesus seriously, but not ourselves. I have lots of weaknesses. One of them is forgetting titles and songs and names, even. Things like that. Here I raise my Ebenezer, all right? Building a memorial, a, a, a reminder of God's faithfulness. So that's what we're doing this morning. That's to set our expectation. It's, again, it's going to look differently. We're going to hear stories. We're going to have some interviews. We're going to see some vi vi videos and some charts and some pictures. And it's all going to be 
that at the end of our time going forward, we will continue to remember God and his faithfulness and how that shapes us and who that says we are, his people found in him, faithful God. And then from there, by the power of his Holy Spirit, continuing to walk faithfully as his people. Amen? All right. So um, as part of remembering, um, I'm going to do a couple of interviews. And we're, again, we're going to have some different things. I'm really excited to interview someone. Um, you'll probably know who I mean by this, but it's my favorite member of Redemption Tucson. And um, as we kind of consider part of why are we here? How did we get here in the beginning? Why did we plant a church? Why Tucson? Um, so to kind of remember back in those days, I um, uh, am excited to interview my wife, Kira, to come on up here and to share some things. So go ahead, honey. And um, Kira, you, uh, I'll even share some more about what our morning looked like this morning and some things like that. But before we get there, okay. um, why plant a church? Why did we um, really sense a calling and even begin that process to, to plant a church? Yeah, I think um, it's really exciting to look back and consider the ways that the Lord has always been at work and moving our hearts. We served with a college ministry for almost 10 years and loved that so much and loved being able to pour into that age group specifically. Um, just seeing what God is doing during that time is really unique and exciting. Um, but as our family began to grow and we began to interact with neighbors and then do pre-marriage counseling, we really saw that God was widening our scope, if you will, that our hearts were, were growing towards the body at large and not just a specific narrow um, age group. And so we really wanted to pour into that and really felt at that time that he was calling us to step away from that ministry in order to serve this wider scope that he was now growing in our hearts. Mm. No, that's huge. And obviously, um, you here said here, you know, all of life is all for Jesus. We didn't come up with that phrase. That's a part of um, Redemption Church, which we'll share some more of that story of us planting and launching as Tucson Congregation, part of Redemption Church, um, which is one church in multiple congregations throughout Arizona. But that shows why really God really revealed to us just that, 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 that idea, that scope. We here lo locally say we exist for Jesus's glory and the good of Tucson. So that's, again, kind of been captured in some of that. As Kira said, about 10 year years ago or so, just kind of broadening the scope um, to, to really a more fuller kind of all of life emphasis. And so with that, um, even this morning, right, it's, there have been some, some challenges. Kira's singing and was going to do this, and our kids are serving in different aspects. And um, I'm out having coffee and a great conversation, and my phone's turned upside down so I can stay locked in and missing the fact that our van's not starting. And my wife, who is just so faithful and patient, is calling AAA and considering I'm supposed to be there an hour ago, and I'm just sitting there drinking coffee in a conversation. So, A, I'm sorry. And... Um, <laughs> But also, um, you um, just, um, so many times we have been challenged, and, and not just us, I mean, our whole congregation has been just challenged, and even we're in a season of challenge, and we might even call it attack, and just difficulty, weightiness. Many of you we've prayed with and know that's really kind of where we are. And um, specifically, a number of times when we were maybe within the last 
you know, five to seven years, we were, there was a struggle. And I particularly was tempted. I don't know that I would say you called me off the ledge. I don't know. But there were some other, there were some off-ramps, other opportunities to take, other things to do. And specifically planting uh, this congregation, um, you really just spoke into, I think, really faithfully. So even just that, if you could kind of bring us into why I think the Lord has just continually called us to press in. Hey, Sonny. Love you. I didn't think he was abandoning me with the vehicle, by the way. <laughs> just to be clear, it was totally fine. We got it. Um, yeah, I was really pondering that a lot um, last night and this morning. And the thing that I think God just really affirmed is, um, you know, in Ephesians 6, when it says to take up the whole armor of God and then to withstand in the day of evil, that you stand firm. And um, I think that's something that we really just pressed into is, has God affirmed his call to Dave to be a pastor and to us to plant this church? Um, we knew there would be attack um, from within, from out, um, and the call was just to stand firm, um, to be, yeah, gird with the truth and to have your feet shod with the readiness of the gospel um, so that when one of us was low and the other one was high, we would just encourage each other. This is what God is calling us to. These are attacks. Maybe it was an attack. Maybe this is just like, hey, we're in this together. We're a team. God has confirmed this calling, and we will stand firm in that. And sometimes the enemy is just not creative, and I think God gave us this gift, honestly, of like comical relief where we're like, of course the cars wouldn't work. Like, that makes sense, you know? <laughs> and just being able to walk in the spirit moment by moment mm. and say, okay, this is outside of us. This is um, in God's hands. And to, to stand firm and then also to pray, to pray constantly for each other, to pray constantly over our house and to pray for this church. I mean, it's really overwhelming to look out and see all of you that are here as a result of, of prayer, but also just cuts like, incredible grace to us. Amen. Well, thank you, honey. Let's uh, thank Kira and thank you. And um, obviously there, there hasn't been a sense of us doing that alone, just Kira and I. I don't want to downplay that, but also want to acknowledge, and now we get to hear from one of the people that moved out here very early on um, to plant and to begin this process. So Stephen and Kelsey Collins and Annie Prentice moved out here before we ever met or gathered anyone as kind of a core group. Um, and just they were in it and we have lots of tears and, and just times of meeting and trusting and again, all these things. And one of the real gifts that Stephen Collins brings that um, is he keeps track of everything. He is incredibly on top of things, and whether it's pictures, numbers, graphs, sometimes I'll admit when I have a different memory and I want to just go off that, and then he's like, oh, actually, it was different. I'm like, no, no, it wasn't. Well, agreed disagree, and he's like, well, I actually have it here grafted, charted out. Um, so, but that said, it's an incredible gift, and excited to have Stephen lead us through a time of remembering what God's faithfulness. So let's welcome up Stephen. <laughs> yeah, my name is Steven, uh, one of the pastors here. My wife and I, we moved out here when the church was just an idea. Um, and we moved from Northern California, left our friends, our family. And some people ask, like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, why would you move out to the desert um, where there's no grass and seasons? And there's this thing called water in other parts of the world. It's incredible. Um, 
Why would you do that? And I think it comes down, there's a lot of reasons, but two I want to highlight. One is we really believe in this church's mission and vision. To be a church for Jesus' glory and the good of Tucson. To help live all of life, all for Jesus. Um, and then secondly, well, my wife and I, we moved out here when we've been married for about a year. And we said, what type of environment do we want our marriage to be shaped by? What type of trajectory do we want our family on? And we just said, like, we want to be around the Goffneys. Like, we want our marriage to be shaped by them. And I want to say six years later, it's been a really good investment. Love you guys and your investment in us as well. Um, I have played a little bit of church historian over the years, so I am going to have some charts and graphs and things like that because I think it's important to remember because of everything Dave said, that God takes really seriously us remembering who he is and what he has done. Um, and we believe that God has been really faithful to us, and that will spur on our faithfulness as well because it, it's got to be said on a Sunday like today. This church didn't just happen. <laughs> this didn't just happen, guys. God has carried us to this place here today. Amen. Yes, yeah, you can clap for that. Because we're clapping for God and what he's done, not for me, not for Dave. Like, we're clapping because God has been faithful. So to help us remember, I'm going to have some charts, I'm going to have some graphs, I'm going to have some numbers to help us remember. Can you go to that first photo? Yes. So this is before iPhones took good pictures. Um, <laughs> the bottom left is our first ever gathering as a church plant in Dave's backyard, um, and then the, and just cast a vision for, here's this church we're planting. <laughs> Top right, uh, we used to meet once a month in Dave's home for worship services. The first song we ever sang was Come Thou Fount, we're going to sing it a little bit. We packed into this living room, and it was awesome. <laughs> we loved it. God was on the move, and we exalted the name of Jesus together. And before we go to some more stats and photos and stuff, keep that up there, um, I just want you to take a second and look around. You do it. Look around. You can, you can turn around. What we're talking about with every graph, every number, every, we're talking about people. We're talking about real people with real lives and real stories and real miracles and real acts of God's grace, real demonstrations of God's power, real people part of this church family. So uh, what I want to uh, start with is can we go to that next photo? Yeah, that one's going to look a little more familiar. This was five years ago in Safford School, the day that we kicked off and launched Redemption Tucson. Some things don't change. The AC wasn't working. <laughs> you can see the fans. We didn't know where the lights were, so we just left them on and left the stage live. Oh, we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, this is like everyone who had ever heard of Redemption. I think we had like half this group came down from Phoenix. Uh, we had, it was everyone who had heard of us. They brought their friends, their family, their coworkers, their neighbors. Uh, we were just grabbing people like, hey, do you, could you stand here for an hour? Um, no. And uh, it was sweaty, and it was awesome. It was hot, and it was beautiful. And it was so encouraging to see this thing kicked off. And so I want to ask, if you were there sweating it out when we brought the principal up and did an interview and all that, will you stand up if you were there for that service? Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you want to hear some stories, talk to those people. <laughs> They've seen a lot. Um, so I got a few uh, stats and stuff for us to, to, to walk through here. Can you go? Let's start with Redemption Communities. Let's start with that one. So when we started, uh, there were two. The Goffneys led one out of their home. We led one out of our home. And then the next year, we launched a third one. You can see the six to seven, 
to nine. And this year, thanks to Joe and some other leaders, we're launching 16 redemption communities, which is awesome. For people to be cared for and poured into and be known to be spurred on to live all of life all for Jesus. Um, we're going to hear more about that in a little bit. Can you go to the next photo? Yeah, I want to talk about baptisms for a second. Don't, don't go to the next one yet. Uh, Cooper, I see you. I appreciate you. Uh, he's going to get his work in this morning for me. Uh, so over the last five years, we've baptized a lot of people. And so uh, I want to show in just a second the total number of people that have been baptized at Redemption Tucson in the last five years. You can go for it, Cooper. 68 people have been baptized. <laughs> Praise God. Every one of those is a God story. Uh, and we got a tank up here in case you're in the back and didn't see it. And this isn't for a prop. Uh, we're going to do baptisms today. This number doesn't include the baptisms today. So this number is going to get up over 70. Uh, praise God. He has been so faithful. He's changing lives in our midst. Let's go to the next photo. Child dedications. Uh, Paul Bell. You got to bring that hair back, brother. <laughs> you got to bring it back. It is glorious. Uh, so uh, the total number of children that have been baptized at Redemption Tooth in the last five years is, go for it, Cooper, 53. 53 kids have been baptized or have been uh, dedicated. It, it's, it's incredible. Um, and it's such, a, it's such a privilege to get to lead families and love families and invest in children and invest in the next, next generation. It's such a beautiful and good and sweet thing. So let's stay on the subject of kids. Let's go to the next one. So this is the total number of children, like, per week in Redemption Kids. So we started with 12. We'll just be honest. That's just the Goffney family. <laughs> I'm not wrong. And then, uh, and then we obviously jumped to 20, uh, and then you can see the progression. In 2019, we've seen 61, on average, kids, a part of uh, Redemption Kids. The last month, that number's been 70, which is wild. Uh, Redemption Kids volunteers, thank you for all you're doing to love children. Two quick things. One, um, I know they need more help because that number we were not anticipating. So if you have capacity and want to invest in kids, talk to Rachel Hartke at the children's uh, check-in desk. She would love to get you plugged in to bless and serve some kids. Um, and then secondly, uh, just again, the, the reality of I'm so encouraged to see our church family grow. Um, and we're not just reaching college students, but reaching families and seeing the next generation grow and seeing 70 kids um, on average being poured into you, being pointed to Jesus, growing up in a place where they, they know other children that are trying to follow the Lord, having mentors and, and children's workers and, and parents seeking to, to raise their kids. I'm just, I'm really humbled by this statistic. The last stat I want to give us is that, you can go to the next one, is the total number of people on a Sunday on average, um, including kids, everybody, um, at our church. So we, we started, as you can see, on average about 70 and seeing this consistent growth. This year it's been about 340. And then last month, guys, it's been 400 people that have been on average coming here uh, week in and week out. And that number is um, incredibly humbling, uh, incredibly encouraging. But I do want to say our goal has never been and will never be to get as big as we possibly can get. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to be as faithful as we possibly can to Jesus, to his word, and we want to be faithful to the mission and vision that Jesus has given us as we try to live all of life all for him. Amen? That being said, this is really encouraging. <laughs> that being said, this is really encouraging. And um, 
Again, it must be said, none of this just happened. None of those baptism numbers, none of those child dedication numbers, none of these graphs, none of it just happened. God has been so good to us. He has been faithful to us. He has been so loving to us and gracious to us. He has worked in spite of us (laughs) at many times. And so I just want to ask one more time, let us thank the Lord for what he's done. Real quick, one, uh, we believe numbers uh, don't just help us remember, they help us to, to love you more accurately and to care for our church family. And so you guys might remember we, uh, we do a church survey every year, and so we actually, um, we look at that, and we actually have course corrected some stuff over the years because of that. Uh, that'll continue with the one that's coming out. And so just a heads up, uh, we will have that data out for you guys. Um, Joel and Javith did an incredible job making it look great. And um, that'll be in your inbox if you're part of the midweek email uh, on Wednesday. And then also it'll be online uh, this afternoon. So you can check that out, see that. Um, And then lastly, I just want to say, I love this church. I love this church. It has been such a joy to see it grow from a backyard to where we're at today. Um, And it is a privilege to get to pastor and lead and love and be in it with you guys. I love you guys. Excited for what God does next. All right, praise praise God, as we've been saying and continue to. Um, you know, I'm going to do a little, um, not not quite a praise break, but a stretch break. So go ahead, I just know we're packed in here, and this will even lead into someone I'm going to talk about. Go ahead and just stand up with me right now. And um, I am, this is totally improv, but um, also if you're standing in the back, yeah, stretch out. Some of you really tall people, um, not me, but, you know, it's, yeah, you can stretch um, and go ahead and yeah, now you can, you can have a seat. And while you're doing that, um, if anyone doesn't yet have a seat, there's some up in the balcony and again, make your way up here. Um, we're going to end up here on the stairs anyway. I guess you could just come up now. But, um, we, we also want to, as we talk about where are we going forward, right? You saw a lot of what Steven shared that's exciting and it could be, easy to just think, man, just kind of sit back and coast and just God's keeping, you know, we'll just kind of take that for granted or just like celebrate now or like, well, it was a good run, right? All right, great. Let's stop while we can, right? Like the very few sports athletes that actually did that, like ended at their peak, Peyton Manning, Super Bowl, cool. Now's a good time to end, right? But what does it look like for us going forward, right? Where are we um, where are we headed? What does that look like? Really practically, specifically, um, is c- continuing to live out of, right, who we are is gospel-centered and outward-focused. And that has some really practical implications of it. And I don't want to just assume that we know what it means, right? Again, gospel-centered means that we are grounded, anchored, centered on the person and work of Jesus, his life, death, resurrection. Sometimes we end there when we say it, but it's important that we also understand he ascended to the right hand of God the Father and currently, right now, sits on the throne declaring, I am making all things new. And he's promised to return and to make all things new in full, to to, to consummate or to usher in his perfect kingdom, if you will. But that right now, that is good news. Okay, Jesus is sitting on the throne. He is the head of his church. That's one of the reasons we don't say I'm the head pastor and we don't get too, but language matters and that Jesus is the head. He's, he's the head of his church. 
Tyler Johnson is the lead pastor of Redemption Church as a whole, but he would be quick to say we are part of the body of Christ over which Jesus rules and reigns, and he is the head. And in light of that, because of that, we are compelled, if you will, spurred, um, catapulted, okay, to be outward focused. That as we anchor on the gospel, as we understand Jesus and his heart of Jesus, as we are found, hear me, in Christ, and that remains and is constantly our identity, that leads us then to what he cares about and who he cares about, and that is outward focus. Okay, that's some of the things we've all already said, right? That, that for the good of Tucson is not just a, a cute phrase that fits on. It's because as we understand that Jesus is glorified and as we are anchored and centered in him, we are now compelled to care about what he cares about. And that is the city and the people of Tucson, the families. As Stephen said, real people, real names, real lives. And so what does that look like for us? A couple things as we kind of break down the outward focus piece here locally, which we got from Redemption Gilbert, is breaking it down into this idea of close, near, and far. Okay, and so let me just kind of quickly explain some of those things. Close is right, right here where we are. Okay, again, look around. We're in a school. We don't have any plans. I'm not going to stand up here and say, we will forever meet in this school and never, ever move or never change. But right now we understand this is a part of the mission, the relationships that God has called us into is to be in this school with, yes, uncomfortable, like 200-year-old seats or, no, sorry, 100-year-old seats and, you know, things like that. Not 200, 100-year-old um, seats and just, it's, but, but the, the relationships we have, the people here at this school, this is a part of it. And a primary expression of our outward focus, of our relationships, the mission is where we are right here. Safford School, coaching, volunteering. There are tons of opportunities. We just shared last week, there are more and more opportunities. We have teachers from the school who are here. We have relationships, people who love and care and pour into, and there are opportunities for us to be a part of that. Okay, we are committed to and in relationship with the mission here at Safford School. That's very close to us, near. There are other things going on in Tucson, from human trafficking to unplanned pregnancy um, to to. Corazon Ministries, which we've talked about, and one of their staff members, Enrique, who has preached here and is here today, and things we are committed to, including church planting. Okay, and, and, or rather than thinking church planting, um, planting, again, gospel-centered missions, movements, whatever that might look like. Sometimes church planting can even be presumptuous and all these ideas come to mind, but instead we are committed, Redemption Church as a whole, okay, hear me, why do we exist? We exist to strengthen and birth healthy local congregations. Okay, again, that God is glorified as we co are committed to his mission, which is strengthening and birthing healthy local congregations. And that's a part of already a lot of what we do. Okay, all that we do is really committed to that. And so in the coming Months, years, we're in conversation right now of launching another service here at Safford that we would have a second service and that that would, but not just be again, so we grow and have more room, leg room and are more comfortable or things like that or just, but no, that that would be connected to the broader mission of seeing the gospel, the good news of Jesus penetrating, permeating every facet of society, of home, of family, of individual lives. Again, for God's glory, okay, that we'd be gospel-centered, outward-focused. 
So that's near and then also far. Okay, and so now we, we haven't spoken as much about our partnerships globally and, and, and our relationship and how, how we um, participate in Jesus' mission on a global level. And that's primarily through our partnership, our relationship with Champions in Action in Guatemala. And there's some really exciting things that are connected to what we're doing here in Tucson and how we relate even with this school. Safford and the close and the near and the far aren't just neat little compartments you can all separate. And so to kind of help us better understand some of this, I'm going to um, invite up Emily Macaluso, um, and I'll explain more of who she is. So let's go ahead and clap again and welcome up Emily Macaluso. So Emily, and yeah, Emily has, no, come up on this step. It's always important. I will keep stepping down and feel okay. Um, so um, Emily has been a part of, from the very beginning, pioneering our partnership. Um, her and D David Palazuelos, our first year going to Guatemala, really pioneered that. And then now you are the director. You oversee and lead our partnership with um, Guatemala and Champions in Action in particular. So why don't you just take some time and specifically share kind of the whole partnership, where we're coming from with that, where we are now, and what, Lord willing, we're walking into in our p partnership. Sure. Um, I didn't plan on doing this, but God sometimes makes me talk about myself instead of just separating myself from it. So just a brief shout out to how I got here, which was really humbling to think about. Um, one day, my roommate, Annie, who helped start the church, and I went on a walk and ran into David Palazuelos, and he told me about a job at an unaccompanied minor shelter. And I ended up going and applying for the job, getting it, and it completely changed the course of my life. Um, and when I think about standing up here on stage, we started going to Guatemala as a church the year after I began understanding more about the crisis of Central America and what's happening there. And I just knew I had to be a part of it. So we've gone to Guatemala for the past three years and we've sent a small team to serve in their soccer ministry, which is a kickoff for their year long program. That's the team I was a part of this year with Josh Clutter. Um, and we've learned a lot over the last few years. We've learned um, I've personally learned not to apply for your passport a month out from the trip. Um, wow. We've also learned how to have hard discussions about how faith expresses itself differently when we believe in the same God but grow up in different cultures. So we've learned to talk to them through that. And we've really grown to understand their heart um, for Guatemala and more about their ministry. So. Uh, we've been a little bit non-committal these past three years and just exploring what Champions in Action is and what it stands for. And now, like Dave said, we are, he likes to use the phrase, putting a ring on it. We are committing to Guatemala as our primary, <laughs> our primary FAR ministry. And um, what that brings with it, I've learned that when you commit to something, the fruit that's born over time of investing in a particular ministry, instead of hopping around to different ones or trying to spread yourself too thin, there's a special kind of um, fruit that's produced when you spend a lot of time developing a relationship with an organization. So that's what we hope to do with Champions in Action. Um, looking towards the future, what I think that, I hope that that means, and obviously we'll prayerfully consider 
I want us to be able to be counted on as a congregation to send people every year to participate in their camp because when we go, even if we just go, if we suck at everything and we go, children get to go to camp. Like mm. our commitment to being there enables children to be in an environment where they're hearing the gospel. Um, secondly, I really hope it becomes part of the rhythm of our church that it's not just the people who are going to Guatemala that get to see what it's like there and what this ministry is doing, but that their prayer requests would become our prayer requests and ours theirs, that we would be able to encourage them throughout the year by building relationships and not just popping in once a year and coming back, that we'd be educated and understand that Guatemala is not that far away, that we have thousands and thousands of migrants pouring into Tucson from Guatemala, um, so I'm, I'm just hopeful that as we continue committing and take that step of faith, that we as a church will grow to care for the people that we have the privilege of knowing. Oh, amen. Thank you, Emily. Let's thank you, Emily. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, and that's, um, again, as, 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 Emily shared, and hopefully you hear, it's not like neat and tidy. And like, oh yeah, that's our missions department. That's somewhere out there. Like that informs who we are, where we live, who we relate with. Candidly, kids that sit in these very seats like tomorrow afternoon. Okay, th th this informs what it looks like to faithfully serve Jesus and exist for his glory and the good of our neighbor. And so I'm excited and, again, incredibly thankful for Emily, who's really been pioneering and, and ministering in so many ways. And so some of what I just shared is sometimes referred to as like the 50,000 foot, if you will. It's vision, it's big, it's kind of out there. We've kind of narrowed it some into, um, again, like close, near, and far, and all these things. And I can be really good at like, yes, isn't God good? Isn't God amazing? Let's go. Who's with me? And everyone's like, Yes, I for what? Like what what does that even look what how? Where like what does with me mean? Where do I like sign up? Where do I get involved? What does this stuff look like? And um the, some of the staff members are amening that right now because that's an, a weekly frustration of being l led by me. And, um, and so with that, we've been really blessed and gifted with some people that, that help think through those things. All right. And it's really good. And one of those people, Joe Jewell, has joined our team, as you guys know, as a ministry resident and just served in huge ways. So um, since we haven't clapped in like two minutes, let's clap and welcome up, Joe. But also, I wasn't done talking before Joe started coming up. Um, so also, but yeah, also just, just love Joe, have grown to really be so thankful, just a good friend and just a really a, a breath of life to our staff team and thinks through things like Stephen in really helpful, incredible ways. And um, I'm excited to hear some of Joe now talk about what now. So. Thank you, Dave. Well, before I get started, I want to say as a part of this church family. Thank you for welcoming our family um, so quickly into your family and grateful for Dave's investment in me, Stephen's friendship, and we've just felt so quickly like a part of this family, and it's just been such an incredible gift of God's grace just to our family personally. So I want to just quick shout out to all of you, and thank you mm. for that. Um, but as a church family, as we've been kind of keeping this theme of stopping, reflecting, and remembering God's faithfulness to us, as a church, we have seen God's grace on display in so many ways 
uh, so far and just over the years. But, you know, as Jesus followers, we are the sent people of God, Scripture would tell us. And God has given us a new life by the gospel, and so our lives should be shaped by the gospel. And here's what we need to understand. As we look forward uh, to the coming years as a church, as, as we grow and as we have opportunities to make more disciples, uh, what we need to understand is that new seasons, and we truly are in an incredible season, and a new season comes new and more opportunity for ministry. Amen? And as, as the church, we should see ourselves, and we talk a lot about this sort of family-like language as a church, but as a church, we should see ourselves as a missionary family. And the family business, if we can have a family meeting now, the family business is making and training disciples. And so how do we do that? How do we do that as a church? As, as we've spent so many years in, in the past five to six years now making disciples and, and training people up for the ministry, as we grow, as we are in a new season, there's more opportunity. And the things that we've been praying for and working towards, we're now seeing God make or make happen, and, 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 and it's an incredible thing. Um, we really are in an incredible season here at Redemption Tucson. So, for an example, in a minute, I'm going to sort of tee the video up. We're going to see a video of a new way that we are going to be plugging people into the life of our church family um, here at Redemption, and it's, it's an exciting time. This will also be a way for people, let's say you're new, you're brand new, if this is your first time here at Redemption Tucson, so glad you're here. And if you're brand new, this is a way for you to get plugged into the life and family of our church. And what you'll hear with the video is um, this is a way for you to get plugged into a serving team. Uh, this will be a way for you to get plugged into a redemption community. And really, our, our goal is that we would give you, and you'll hear this in the video, the mission and vision of our church and how the overall story of God shapes our lives and and how do we how do we get people to see and what Stephen and I and, and some of the other leaders have done is we've kind of looked at how to make this process happen is how do we get people to see that all of life is all for Jesus um, and that's the goal another exciting part uh, where we are as a family is we've been able to put more teams together more people in place to care for those people from day one and Dave's has expressed this to me a number of times from day one our mission has been to reach the least, last, and marginalized within our community. But guys, we are in a special, unique place with unique opportunities because there is a, a population of those who are experiencing homelessness just across the street. So how do we care for our neighbors? How do we serve those who are, you know, experiencing poverty? How do we serve those who are in crisis mode? How do we serve those who have just experienced loss in their family? And so what we've done is we've put people in place and a team in place. Um, you've heard from the outward focus, and we've put people in place within our church to be able to care for those who come to our church, uh, to sit with them, to cry with them, to, to see what they need, to, to give them maybe some resources or, uh, you know, help throughout the week and those different things. And the cool thing is, new seasons, more opportunity, and we're seeing more disciples being made. It is, it's an exciting, exciting uh, time. And as we grow as a church family, another important thing um, that we've, we've said and we've been praying for and, and have done all along, but even more so now, is if we are missionaries, and there has to be a level of 
health, of spiritual health and emotional health that goes along with being the sent people of God. And so what you're going to see over, you know, over the course of this next year, and we've definitely done some of this already, is we are, are, are beginning to and, and, and continuing to fi- uh, figure out how we care for more people um, in, in, in healthy ways. How do we promote emotional health and soul care and those different things? And the truth is, and this isn't new news, uh, but we live in a day and an age where an anxiety is running rapid. Uh, we've learned this from our church um, survey is that we are we serve a church where and you know I'll, I'll I'll be honest and just vulnerable where myself included, and anxiety is a real issue. So how do we serve those people? Um, and we're beginning to infuse now uh, emotional health and spiritual health into the life of our church. So you'll see things like the healing journey. Uh, which we've been doing for a while. You'll, we'll, you'll see things like we've been training our RC leaders on how to care, how to shepherd uh, their groups um, in, in this sort of idea of emotional and spiritual health. And how do we train up uh, healthy disciples for the mission of God? Um, you'll see things like um, men's and women's ministries and now mentorship coming under those things. And how do we now serve those people and care for those people well? Um, as well. And so as we continue to grow, what we've said is how do we then infuse those things and make mature, healthy disciples so that we can reach Tucson for the good, with the good news of Jesus Christ in a healthy, healthy way. So you'll begin seeing those things infused as the new season and, and new, more opportunity comes as well. So what I've done is I've kind of teed up for our, our video uh, that you'll see, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll kind of learn about our new process and our new system and our new way of plugging people in from start here to DNA, and you'll learn what those mean here in a second. So if you would, uh, turn your attention to the screens. Hey, Redemption Tucson, we are so excited to launch two new ministries that are going to go on throughout the year to help you get plugged into the life of our church. Start Here and DNA are going to be an opportunity for us to plug in and sync up closer together. We believe that the church is a family and we want to make it as clear and as simple as possible for you to get plugged into the life of our church family. We believe that systems are not an end of themselves. We believe that systems are a way for people to get plugged into relationship. Also, we believe that these are opportunities for discipleship. So everything we're doing is trying to form us more and more into the image of Jesus. So our prayer is that Start Here and DNA are going to be some really clear outlets for us to grow, for us to plug in, and for us to connect as a church family. Start Here is the best way to begin the process of learning more about what it means to be a part of our church. It's going to be 20 minutes after service, the first Sunday of the month. We want you to come. And really, it's just an opportunity for you to get to know someone, to see some familiar faces, to maybe ask some questions about what it means to get further connected to the church family. Start Here. You're going to want to join us. Well, what's next? DNA. DNA is a two-week class every other month before service for you to get a better opportunity of, well, what makes us us, to learn the DNA of Redemption Tucson. 
You can learn more about serving, learn more about what we believe. You're gonna learn about communities. We really don't want you to miss it. And childcare is also provided, so please bring your family and dive in deep about what it means to be a part of our church. One thing we never want to lose as a church family is the culture we have in inviting our friends, our family, and our coworkers. Although we are launching these new systems for clarity, these in no way replace the ongoing familial invite people to your small group, to your RC, to serving alongside you. But we wanna provide just one simple, clear outlet going from start here to DNA to getting plugged into the life of our church. We wanna create one clear avenue for us to grow closer together uh, under the Lordship of Jesus. Look forward to seeing you then. Yeah, let's clap for that. So that's, uh, yeah, thank you, all of you who put that video together. I didn't even know it was happening. Some of those even shots that I saw myself in, I was like, I didn't even know where they got that. So it was great um, for those of you that really worked on that. And again, that's, in, that's a big deal. This is like now five years in. There's actually now for the first time like some clarity on, oh, what does it look like to be involved? Here you go. So Praise God for that. And, um, and so if you see there, there's some, some action points, I believe, on um, what to do. And you can see there, wait for it. Yeah, right here. So you can see there how to go about it. It's, as always, fill out a Connect card. There's um, go to the Connect desk. Go to the website. That's where the details are on kind of to help you walk through the various steps to take. So now to wrap up this, this part of our time, I'm excited to pause before we get into what comes next and we'll have more singing and we'll move into baptisms. Um, I think we get to, to hear from, again, I, I mentioned earlier, Tyler Johnson to help remind us, again, who we are. What's our identity? What's our purpose? To give kind of a, 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 a charge, an exhortation to us in a sense where hopefully now we're all at this point of, well, what now? What does it look like now? Where do we go? Um, and so with that, I'm excited to hear from Tyler, and then we'll move into our time of response. So let's go ahead and welcome up Tyler Johnson. Dave, will you stay up here for a minute? Will you stay up here for a minute? Oh, yeah. Um, I want to say something real quick, and then I'm going to ask Dave questions. He didn't know that I was going to ask him. But um, So I want to tell you this regarding outward focus and our desire uh, to be an influence as far as God would allow us to be. One of the things that wasn't mentioned is in Redemption Congregations, which includes you all, we commit to giving 10% of all the money we get away, totally outside of ourselves. And so as Tucson, you contribute to the birthing of more congregations inside the Redemption family. And just so you all know, um, we're at nine throughout the state of Arizona, seven in kind of the metro Phoenix area, one in Tucson, one in Flagstaff. And just as a leader, I really sense that God's taking us further and there's more leaders being developed all the time. And I tell you, uh, Jesus himself is one who said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers. That just means leaders of all types. So if you all would pray along with that, we want to see more congregations planted. Also, you've given money extensively through Redemption Arizona to foster care and adoption, and there have been literally hundreds upon hundreds of kids 
who didn't have homes that now have homes because of money that you've given. We also partner, yes. Um, We also partner globally, and you've given money uh, to a new church plant in Lagos, Nigeria, um, that you've been a part of. So there's a lot of times we just don't get the option um, because of just, we only have so many words. And so we try to be clear with our communication, not just uh, bl- blow over it or you know shoot you with all this information, but you're doing a ton mm. um, through your giving and participation in this body. So I encourage you with that. Dave, here's what I want to do. He has no idea. I love... Um, when you go to a conference or anything, it's, it's one thing to hear a speaker speak, and it's incredible. I love it, but I love Q&As. Mm. I love panels because it's, that's where the rubber meets the road, and you're like, well, this is way more complicated and harder than people think. And so I just want to ask you two questions because I think in the commission and direction, these may get more at it than any other way for this reason. This church doesn't start without a vision God gave to Dave and Kira, and you heard that. And We are a church that believes in what is historically in the church called the priesthood of all believers, meaning the church is all of us. And we'll say a lot to leaders when people come up and want to thank, Dave, thank you for your ministry. The word ministry just means service, and that's true. But the leaders of the church are actually given to prepare all of us for the works of ministry. That's what the book of Ephesians says, is that God has given leaders of the church to equip, that means prepare, the saints to do the work of the ministry. Hmm. And yet, God works and speaks through leaders. So, two prayers, or hmm. two questions about your prayer life. Hmm. <laughs> um, that sounds like I'm about to make him get really vulnerable, right? <laughs> no, that's um, good. Yeah. But if tonight you were going home and you were complaining to God, the biblical word is lament, hmm. with a frustration of what he either has allowed or has not allowed. Hmm. What would that be? So when you're up at night screaming wow. at God, what do you scream at God about regarding this church? Wow. Wow, that's huge. I do have one. Thank you. Um, that's a huge I, I just question. want to double. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Make sure we all hear this. Um, that's a great question. I, I think the, the first things that come to mind would be, again, just the level of weight that's on our congregation, just the exhaustion, the l- leaders, as m- much as we seek and try to disperse leadership, there are uh, I want m- a few handfuls, more than just a couple handfuls of people that are leading and are exhausted and are... Um, and then, so there's that. And, and this is raw. It's off the cuff. The other aspect, as we've talked about, is really reflecting the kingdom of heaven and our local community, you know, in Pusan as it is in heaven, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, to, my, to, our, my, my, to my gut, to my bones, I am convinced that means for us a, a multi- cultural, multi-ethnic expression, reality of the good news of Jesus, of what it means to be his people. And just candidly, he's doing that, he's building that, but absolutely not at the speed or pace I would like. And sometimes it feels like we're even moving um, down, like not downstream, but kind of just that it's, we're really in a grind, in a fight. And it would just be that. It would be, Lord, raise up leaders, people of color, people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, as Joe talked earlier, um, not just us serving or doing for, but living in relationship with and learning from and serving alongside. You just answered my what my second one was going to be, was that if you were 
<clears throat> pleading with God to do anything in this church, but so since you just said that, <laughs> to unzip your heart a little more, talk about why. Why does that matter to you in the sense of, I mean, if you're pleading with God and you go, God, I want a multi-ethnic expression mm -hmm. of the gospel and all economic classes represented and, and represented by which many people would say, well, throughout the church in Tucson, that is represented. Why through Redemption Tucson? Yeah, m more and more. I mean, you've, you've likely heard me use the phrase, just have no interest in playing church and in kind of doing this thing that it could be here today, gone tomorrow. Um, that's th that really what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be what, how he did, the, the church he began to build and is building, I'm convinced, is, um, is made up of one another, or some languages like the other, or, or, or othering, if you will. And I just, I, I'm just convinced that we are natural, that really since Genesis chapter 3, since sin entered in, that shame, isolation, that kind of siloing, building up walls, really remaining in places of comfort is what we're drawn to. And that even under good spiritual umbrellas of this is who we are and, you know, God's kingdom is wide and broad and so we have different expressions of it all spread throughout, but that really the reconciling work of Jesus calls us together and that we have such massive deficiencies and just we are missing out um, if we're not stretched and challenged and kind of grinding it out in real familial relationship um, with uh, one another across those broad, broad lanes. This is your opportunity. Um, tons of people have to be thanked in this church, but will you just right now thank Dave and Kira and the Goffney family? Yeah. Thanks, man. <clears throat> you guys, you can do it. Guys, thanks for um, doing that. I know in a church that can seem weird. Like some of you, when Dave just raised up his hand, you're like, that's what guys do when they hit a home run, right? They, they, they come out and it's a curtain call. That's not what this is because the curtain call is really for Jesus. But the Bible is very clear to give honor where honor is due. And people have labored, and I want to acknowledge this. There are people in this room that deserve the same type of thing. And so at the end of the day, just know this. The type of church you all want to see, whether you understand it or not, is where you are clapping for one another all the time, clapping for each other at the trust, the faith, the sacrifice, the risk of willing to do, and really trying to do it in such a way where even at many times, and few of these will ever come to a church that seeks to faithfully represent Jesus, but where the city's cheering for you and thanking God that you're in the midst of it. And so let me just say this as a departing call, and then I'm going to pray. I've been speaking a lot in redemption about three things, trying to make it as simple as possible, um, that we would remember and carry on consistently through all of our congregations and the ones that get planted and begun in the future. And it's this, the first statement is just a confession. Jesus is God. 
if you've been around the church at all, you know this is true, and I'm not going to preach a message, but Jesus is God is what delineates our belief and practice from so many other beliefs and practices. We really believe to the core of our being, not just to set ourselves against everybody, but the reality is the God who made the world, Jesus Christ is God. Here's number two. God is love. God is love. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. God is love. And here's the third thing. God told us to love one another. He told us to love our neighbors as ourselves. He told us to love our enemies in the exact same way. And love is extraordinarily difficult, and we will never do it without the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray right now that this church, Redemption Church, Redemption Tucson, would always live into the reality that Jesus is God, God is love, and God's called us to love one another. Amen? Father, I pray uh, right now, and God, I thank you for the ministry of local churches, this reality that is this cradle-to-grave ministry. Babies have been born in Redemption Tucson, and people have and will die in the future, and we are called together to minister to everybody to love each other, and to represent the God who is love. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would enable this church to represent the God who is love in honesty and in compassion, in grace and in truth, and know that love is both of those all the time. God, I pray that this church would always minister to individual people, that Redemption Tucson would serve families, God, we would serve schools and we would serve cities. But God, in our pursuit of serving the city that we would never forget, we are ministering to the person right in front of our face. And as we minister to people right in front of our face that we never forget, we want to serve this city. God, we want to testify to the glory of Jesus for the good of Tucson. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would come, that you would come upon individual people right now that are exhausted, they're weary and heavy laden, and God, you give them rest. I pray right now that you would come in your spirit through your church to this school, that this church, that this school would receive the blessing of the love of God. I pray that through the people in this room, Tucson would receive the blessing of the love of God. God, I end this time of prayer by just saying thank you. You have been so, so good, and we believe that what is coming as you have said in your word, will be exceedingly and abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. That's on me. Forgot to turn on the mic. Um, yeah, thank you, Kyler. And so important in shaping that, that we would hear those words and, um, and just say amen. And now as we transition into a time of response, as we do every week, I want to do it a little bit differently right now. I don't, again, I'm doing some things off the cuff, so we'll see. Um, still pay attention, but I'm going to actually ask us to stand. Just all of us to stand right now, and I'm going to explain what we're doing. And part of that, yes, is so you can, the blood can go back into your feet, but, but also because there's a sense of anticipation and as we now respond, as we remember and reflect and celebrate all that God has done, there's still an anticipation for what's to come and a response. And so each week we respond in four ways. This day we will respond in a fifth. We will, we will sing. And as 
Tyler said, there's this incredible dynamic where we are singing vertically to God. We're worshiping Him. We're praising Him. Our hands are raised. Sometimes our eyes are closed. We're also singing on a horizontal level. We're reminding one another of the good news of Jesus, and both can be happening and should be happening. And we also will pray, okay? We want to pray with you and for you, and there are people who will um, be at the back at the end of these aisles who would love to pray with you, and also um, just in community, we, can, we will, would love to pray with you. Um, and then we also give. Each, each week we give, week in and week out, as a response in, to the, the, the generous and radical and consistent and faithful giving that God has given to us in all things, including our finances. We give joyfully in response and in likeness to His giving toward us. And then lastly, we take communion. And I love again that we're standing and we consider in a moment everyone who has put their faith in Jesus, we will invite to walk forward and to participate in what's referred to as the Lord's table. Okay, that as a family, as a community, coming together, breaking bread, remembering that on the night that Jesus was arrested, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you individually and, again, communally as his people. And then he took a cup and he poured it out and he said, this is the cup, uh, the blood of my covenant given for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and do this in remembrance of me. So if you're a follower of Jesus, we would invite you to come forward and to take, to participate in what's called the Lord's Supper. Um, if you're not a follower of Jesus, by doing so, you're saying, I identify with Jesus. So we would ask you to please not take communion, but instead consider what it might look like to pray and put your faith in Him. And then finally, we're going to celebrate baptisms. I believe there's a slide here, and this is a picture of what it will look like. And so um, the, the worship team will, in, will lead us in singing, and then we'll um, in, encourage you to come forward when you take communion to stay up here. As you see there, you can sit up here or you can stand or stand and just, we don't try to keep it all neat and tidy, but there are a couple of things I want to make sure we understand what's happening when we're being baptized or when someone is being baptized. A, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is not just for you to witness, but to remember. Again, for all of us to remember our baptistic identity. Who are you as a follower of Jesus? Remember your baptism. Remember that you are dead to sin through faith in Jesus, buried with him and raised again to new life through faith in him. And so remember as you see others baptized, celebrate with them and remember your own identity as a follower of Jesus. And each person being baptized will symbolically walk through a station where a different elder from our church will oversee, will ask a question, and the person will respond yes, and we will walk through the true story of God. Do you understand in who you are created in your identity and your purpose to live all of life in relationship with God, that by sin, by nature, and by choice, you have rebelled, you have turned away from him, and in desperate need of reconciliation and forgiveness, and then that through the full provision of God through, again, the person and work of Jesus, you are forgiven, you are restored, you are born again, and then the person will be baptized. And the last thing, we, we do say that other people, whether it's someone who disciples or a parent, can, can baptize someone, but it's under the oversight of the elders where we commission and we say, yes, that you are, um, someone is baptizing, and what's happened is they will hear, you are baptized. Hear me, not I baptize you, but you are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through Christ 
buried and dead to sin and raised again to new life through faith in him. So that's what we'll do. And then lastly, they will be given a white towel to remember their, the, the, the symbolism of who we are, right? Washed clean through the blood of Jesus. And again, it's done surrounded by community, okay? Our individual and our identity as a family, as a community of Jesus. So with that, um, I again say, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've put your faith in him and you've never been baptized, um, here is water what is preventing you from being baptized, you start over there and we'll walk you through the process. And, and um, parents, please go and get your, your kids if they're in um, Redemption Kids. And, and with that, let me um, again say, let's now continue to, to walk through our time of response together.